Amen. Welcome, everyone. So good to see everybody here. Happy Easter. So good to, uh, to be together to celebrate uh, our resurrected Savior as we sang about. Our worship team's amazing, are they not? It was so awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think two years ago, we were, uh, we were sitting out in the parking lot uh, having a drive-in Easter service, uh, and, which was cool, but I'm so glad we're not doing that uh, today. And funny enough, uh, this morning until about, uh, I think it was about five till eight, 10 till eight, we had no power at all. So uh, the enemy wants to do something, clearly, uh, to, to move some things aside, but, uh, but Jesus is more powerful, amen? Um, as we celebrate his resurrection today, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get into his word. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, uh, God, that we have victory in you. God, I thank you uh, for everyone that's here today. I, I thank you for uh, the opportunity uh, to come together and to worship you. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would just continue to move through this place in a mighty and powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you are new with us, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor, and, uh, and we're going to get into, uh, into the Word of God here for an, uh, a couple of minutes, and we're talking about the idea of victory. As we sang about uh, as, uh, through all the songs, um, but also we're going to look at, at really what Easter means for us. The resurrection is really a way to victory for us, and, and Jesus wants to step into your story and into mine and to show you a way to victory that is probably not the way that you think it should be or could be. A lot of times if, if you think about that and, and depending on where you're at in your life right now, what situations are happening in your life, you may think that this idea of victory is not for you. That this idea of victory is not in your vocabulary because of the things that are happening in your life. And the fact that he wants to give you victory in a better way and in an eternal way, in a way that maybe you haven't thought through before is something that I hope that you'll see today because while we all go through suffering and we all go through pain, the struggles that we go through in our life through the perspective of Jesus gives us strength. And Jesus teaches that there's beauty in the broken, that there's beauty in the broken and only he can take something so awful, which was the crucifixion, and turn it into something so amazing and powerful. And he can do that in your life as well. Because the way to victory is not through people, it's not through possessions, it's not through prosperity, it's through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so today we look at the resurrection, and we celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate this event that is the greatest single event in human history. You can maybe try to think of another one, but if you really think about everything that's wrapped into it and everything that comes along with it, there's nothing even close. It's the greatest single event in human history. And for the disciples, those that were following Jesus, not just the 12, but for all of his disciples, because he had quite a few more uh, than just the 12 that we think of, the resurrection was a thing that really only made sense after they thought about it in reverse. And that may not make sense to you right now, but I'm going to explain that. When they, when they looked at it in reverse, it wasn't just one moment in history, though it was. It was so much bigger than that because it's something that gives us hope for the future plans of God in redeeming and rescuing his people. And so one of the ways that that, that idea is illustrated is in something that you see in movies all the time that's called setups and payoffs. 
Setups and payoffs we see in movies all the time, and we see in different storytelling, and sometimes it's, it's better than others. Uh, sometimes you're watching a movie, and, and you know, there's some things that happen at the beginning, and you're like, yep, I know where that's going, you know, and, and, you, and you already know the end. You've already predicted the end. And then there's other times where they do it really, really well, and you're like, <gasps> and the best movie I can think of that has done that was from 1999 called The Sixth Sense. And I'm sure some of you maybe could think of some other ones that, that had that same kind of feel. But, but that one, like, I don't think I've ever watched a movie with some people where, like, the end was revealed. And, and so many people in, in the theater were just like, <gasps> like, when, when the actual, like, thing of the movie was revealed. Now, if you've not seen The Sixth Sense, I'm about to wreck it for you, okay? And I'm sorry. Um, and if you were planning on going home from Easter service and watching The Sixth Sense, then for the first time, then okay, I'm sorry. Um, you've had 22 years, 23 years to see it. Um, but the idea of this movie, if you've not seen it, I'm, I'm sure if you're maybe not recalling what I'm saying, I'm sure we've all heard the phrase from the movie, I see dead people. Yeah, and yeah, maybe the disciples were kind of feeling that a little bit when they saw Jesus, but, uh, but he wasn't dead, right? He was alive and well. And um, so in the movie, you've got this, uh, this guy who's a child psychologist. At the very beginning, he gets shot. And then, uh, and then it fast forwards a little bit and you see him meeting, and I'm really summarizing this a whole lot, but you see him meeting with this little kid who's struggling with what they think is a psychological issue because he sees dead people. And so he's meeting with this kid and, and helping him kind of through circumstances and stuff and, and different things happen throughout the movie, of course. And then you get toward the end and they start peeling back some of the layers here. And you start realizing that he was dead the whole time. And he, like, this is why his wife was ignoring him. This is why he couldn't walk through certain, like, he couldn't walk through doors. This is why, you know, nobody talked. And you go back and watch the movie again, and you're like, oh. Like, it was there the whole time. Now, it makes the, the rewatch value of that movie awful. And, and that is what it is. But, but yeah, there, there's so many things that were, like, set up the whole time that you're like, man, they were just holding up a big sign. If you go back and watch it, it was like, he's dead, and you just, like, feel dense because you didn't pick up on it. And in a very similar way, when Jesus was resurrected, it made sense of his entire ministry in a way that's even bigger than the sixth sense, right? And hopefully today, it's going to make sense in a new way to you as well. So I hope you're ready for what the Holy Spirit is going gonna, is gonna to reveal to you maybe today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, you can certainly turn there. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can uh, find Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and we're going to be in Luke 24. It's the third gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, and we're going to be toward the end of the book of Luke. And I want to read um, here this passage about the resurrection, but we're going to keep going a little bit with this too. And I want you to see an additional piece of the story that I think is going to bring some things together for you in a new way today. So here we go. Very beginning of the chapter. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. 
Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to the others. So they remembered his words there, right? Jesus' victory over sin and death is complete in this moment. And the tomb is empty. The stones rolled away. And the angels remind the women um, that Jesus told them that he was going to suffer and die and rise again. So the pain and sadness of the crucifixion is now replaced with joy and worship and the women who were celebrating the resurrection that day, just like we celebrate today there. But you might be thinking differently about this today because you weren't there. You weren't there. I wasn't there. We read this, but you're like, listen, my pain, my loss that I walked in with today, it still stings. It's still here. Trying to maybe figure out what your next step in life is. As we all move forward through this health pandemic and hopefully on the other side of it and we see wars and other problems in our world economically and in our country. We see our personal struggles. Are we missing Jesus in all of these things? You're like, Jay, my, my home's a mess. My kids are a wreck. My marriage is a mess. I'm missing the victory here, Jay. I'm missing that. I don't see that. Are we missing his words? Are we missing his words? Because remember, it says they remembered his words. They remembered his words. Where they thought that he was merely going to bring a political revolution, he showed that his kingdom was so much more than that. And where we failed to see him, how him being killed and tortured and all of that, why that made sense, we failed to see that. They failed to see that. It's now understood that the Messiah had to go through these things to pay the penalty for sin and that through this, he made all things new and he does that for you and me as well. And this goes so much deeper than our circumstances. It goes so much deeper than our situations that we're in because those things change. Those things change, but so can our perspective. Our perspective can change. Our approach to them can change because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. As you continue to read through Luke 24, and you maybe go down just a little bit further, we're going to look at that here in just a second. There's two disciples that were walking. They were leaving Jerusalem, and they were heading to a town called Emmaus. Now, Emmaus is about six to eight miles away from Jerusalem, and, and they're, they're walking. And, and they're having a conversation about everything that had just happened over the weekend. And they didn't realize that the day that this was happening was the day Jesus rose from the grave. So three days later, as followers of Jesus, they're wrecked by what's going on and what has happened and what they've experienced and what they've seen. And they're having a conversation about it. And uh, these were two of the lesser known uh, disciples. It, it wasn't two of the 12 uh, because there were other disciples as well. And um, someone they didn't recognize starts walking with them. So they're walking, having a conversation, and some other guy comes up and just starts talking, hey, what are you guys talking about? And starts having this conversation. What they didn't realize is that it was Jesus. It was Jesus himself walking with them. And it says that he, they were kept from recognizing him. Scripture says that they were kept from recognizing him and, and, and seeing what was going on. So, so he's asking them, hey, what, what just happened? What are you guys talking about? And he starts bringing some light to the conversation. 
in an amazing way. So let's, let's look at this here. In verse 26, he's talking to them, and they don't know that this is Jesus. And he says, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? He's essentially going, don't you remember my words? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So in this situation, Jesus is explaining to them from the beginning, the scriptures, in fact, all of life has been pointing to Jesus, pointing to that moment. This was probably like the greatest Old Testament recap ever, and there were only two people there to hear it. And then he stays with them to have a meal. Um, they, they keep walking and they get to where they're going and, and, they're, and they're like, hey man, whoever you are, do you want to stay and like have some food with us? We're going we're gonna to eat. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he sticks around and they sit down to eat. And in verse 30, we see this. It says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. And then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. They're like, we just did a, a six to eight mile mar- you know, run here. We're gonna do it again. And they start heading back. And there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. And so as it says there, you know, all these things are coming back to them. Man, I knew there was something different about talking to this guy. I knew there was something going on here, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And it all came together for them in that moment. It's the same kind of moment of the setups and payoffs that happens for them right there and realizing how the entire narrative of scripture was pointing to Jesus and could only be fully understood after the resurrection. But this was also true for them in a very personal way because not only was he talking to them into their story, but he was literally and figuratively walking into their story and walking with them, that he was walking with them the whole time. And it's also true for each and every one of us. Because then we realize that he was there and walking through our story the whole time as well. When we go through suffering, when we go through pain, and then you take a step back and realize, Jesus has been walking there with me the whole time. This doesn't minimize the true evils and the true suffering that we go through. I'm not minimizing those things. What I'm saying is that it gives meaning to those struggles gives understanding to those things. It gives us something to hope toward because eventually we see Jesus stepping into our story and realizing he's been walking there with us the whole time. For these disciples, this quote from C.S. Lewis rings so true to them. Here's what he said. Some say of our temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for it. Not knowing that heaven once attained will work backwards and turn even that agony into a glory. No circumstance can keep you from the freeing resurrection power of Jesus Christ in your life. And so it begs the question then for us today. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, what does that mean for your life now? Specifically, 
your life right now? If Jesus really did rise from the dead, what does that mean for you? What's the difference between, say, Easter fact and Easter faith? Fact and faith. Is one more necessary than the other? In other words, is the fact that Jesus rose from the grave more important than having the faith that he did? 1 Corinthians 15, Paul wrote this. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life and we're more to be pitied than anyone in the world. In other words, if Easter fact is not true, then Easter faith is pointless. If the fact that Jesus rose from the grave is not true, then your faith in it is pointless. But there's plenty of reason to think that the Easter fact is in fact a fact. There's a lot of modern scholars that will try to say that it's not, that have, that have rejected the resurrection of Jesus, but it's because they begin from a place of skepticism when it comes to miracles. And if you're skeptical about miracles even being a thing, then you're going to take your own philosophical bias into the conversation and you're going to push aside the historical evidence of which there is a ton of historical evidence. There are many, many bits of historical evidence that support the resurrection of Jesus, but I want to give you three. I want to give you three main ones real quick here. And they all start with a T, so I'm going to call them the three T's to maybe help you remember it. Number one would be the tomb. The tomb was empty. This isn't my opinion. This is historical fact. The tomb was empty. There was no body found. There was no body found. It was empty. And for Christianity as a movement to even get off the ground, it never would have if there was a body. There was no resurrection if there was a body. So the historians will not argue that there was an empty tomb. There was an empty tomb. The question is what happened to the body? Number two would be the testimonies. The testimonies of eyewitnesses. There were a lot of testimonies to eyewitnesses. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul records that Jesus appeared over the course of 40 days. 40 days he was seen to Peter, to the 12, to over 500 people at once to James, to the apostles, and then finally to Paul himself. There's also a lot of extra biblical text, like writings of other historians like Josephus and and others who who have historical documentation of seeing Jesus after after the resurrection, after the crucifixion, outside of this. This was essentially the ancient way of providing footnotes where Paul's basically saying, listen, if you don't believe me, go ask all these other people, all these other people, like twice to three times how many people we've got here, at least, that we know of, saw him. The third T, transformed lives. The transformed lives. We can see the impact that Jesus' resurrection had on his earliest followers. An incredible impact. The earliest followers of Jesus did not stand to gain anything from preaching the gospel the way that they did. They didn't gain riches. They didn't gain fame or fortune or any of those things. In fact, it was quite the opposite. 
All of them except one were martyred for their faith, killed for their faith in gross ways, mind you. Something motivated them to be willing to risk their lives to spread the message of the resurrection even in the face of suffering. And so when you combine these things, when you combine these things and you add them together and you look at the evidence, the evidence only makes sense that Jesus actually did rise from the dead or this is the greatest long con and hoax in the history of the world. Everything in the history of the world has led to the moment to bring about the ultimate victory that transcends everything. It transcends circumstances, it transcends failures, pain, loss, disappointments, betrayal, the parts of life that seem pointless. It transcends all of those things. It's the ultimate setup and payoff that was orchestrated out of love for you and for me. And it goes beyond our understanding to fully comprehend. And so let me make a bold bold statement right now. Look at me. Everything in your life has led to this moment. And I mean this moment. Right now. Right now. 11.44 in the morning on Easter 2022. Everything in your life has led to this moment. For those of you watching online, for those of you here, I believe that everything in your life has led to this moment right now. You're not here by accident. You're not watching online by accident. You have been prayed for. Believe me, you have been prayed for. You have been guided. You have been led to this place, to this moment, right here, right now, for a reason. And you can blow that off if you want. You have free will. You can blow that off and you can ignore me and you can ignore what the Holy Spirit is doing here right now. You can push it aside or, or, or you could recognize who's been walking with you the whole time that led you to this place. You can have your eyes opened to his amazing plan and you can remember his words. Maybe you need to surrender to that idea right now. Maybe you need to push aside every distraction and surrender to that idea right now. These white flags around the room represent the idea of surrender. Surrender is something in the kingdom of God that associates with victory because surrendering to Jesus is the ultimate victory in this life and the next. And so if it is indeed true that Jesus was raised from the dead, and I believe he was, I believe the evidence is overwhelming that shows that he was, this only means one thing, that who he was and who he claimed to be and who he is right now, it requires more than just our mental and intellectual agreement with a historical fact. It requires life-transforming, obedient faith. Look at Ephesians chapter one and take all that into consideration. Everything that we've talked about so far and I want you to, I want you to really listen to this. Stick with me for just a few more minutes. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. 
and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. You are here right now for a reason. I believe that with every fiber of my being, every one of you here and watching online, you are here for a reason. And the resurrection of Jesus, it answers life's key questions. Is there a purpose to my life? Is there life after death? How can I know for sure? The resurrection of Jesus, we have confidence that he has answered those questions for us through the power of his resurrection. We know the answer to those questions. So the connection point for the morning the one thing that I want you to leave with, if you remember nothing else that was said today, if you remember nothing else, I want you to take away this one sentence that I believe brings all of this together and it is this. His resurrection is our victory. But let me personalize it. His resurrection is your victory. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're stepping into, whatever you're walking through right now, Victory looks different for all of us in all of our circumstances. And Jesus knows that. He knows that. But ultimate and eternal victory looks identical for every single one of us because it looks like the person of Jesus Christ. Eternal victory looks the same for all of us because it looks like the person of Jesus Christ. And his victory over sin and death is revealed in the resurrection. And his suffering on the cross had provided a way and his resurrection secured it. And we have victory now, not in a temporary way that fixes our present circumstances, but in a way that makes a difference over every aspect of our life. So let me ask you again, what if everything in your life has led to this moment? I don't care who you are, where you've come from. What if everything in your life has led to this moment right here, right now? When we worship Jesus, he's victorious over sin and over death. We should inevitably be drawn to invite others to join us in accepting him and, and understanding the salvation that he offers. And I want to invite you right here, right now to experience that for yourself. I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that there are some of you that the enemy tried to keep you from coming today. The enemy tried to keep you from watching online today. And you need to give your life to Jesus. You've heard it a million times, maybe. You've been walking down a road and you think you're by yourself and maybe you realize right now, right here, that he's been walking with you the whole time. 
and that he led you to this moment. He led you to this place right now. So what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Will you bow your heads? He doesn't care what you've done or where you've been. You know why? Because he was walking with you there already. He knows. And his resurrection power can free you from the guilt and the shame that you are hanging over your head. Can set you on a trajectory that puts life in a whole new perspective. And that can start right now. Jesus has been there maybe with you the whole time walking through this and maybe you knew that. Maybe, it, maybe you just didn't care. But maybe you just can't ignore the fact anymore that he's been right there with you the whole time and you need to give your life to him today. Maybe you just need to pray about something. Maybe, maybe you've been far from him. You know Jesus, but, but you've been far from him. If you need to get that right today, I would ask you to do that. And I'm, I'm going to ask everybody in here to do something a little bit different with every head bowed, every eye closed. I want this to be a private moment. If you want to know more, if you want to, if you want to maybe give your life to Jesus today, if that's something that, that you know you need to do, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand every little bit of it. All you need to know is that you need to go from darkness to light and he can bring you there. You need to understand that you're a sinner. I don't think anybody would argue with that. None of us get it right all the time. We all screw up. If you, need to, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you want to pray about that today, if you want to have a conversation with somebody about that today, would you do something that no, you, don't, you don't have to, I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up or raise their hand or any, anything like that. Would you just look me in the eye, just me and you, so I can pray for you? Nah, I'd love to have a conversation. I'll see you. I'd love to have a conversation with you today, if that's you. And I'll just give you a little nod if I see you. And if that's you, if you made eye contact with me today, you need prayer about something, we're going to sing here in a minute. If you need to maybe do business with God, I would encourage you to maybe find somebody in an orange lanyard or even come down and find me after the service. You can find me either down front or I might be at the orange wall, I'm not sure. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you. And I'm going to be praying for you. Some of us maybe need to get right with the Lord. Maybe today's the day that we need to kind of draw a line and say, I've been, I've been stepping away from him and I need, to, I need to maybe take a step back toward him. Take that step today. He's been walking there with you the whole time and he led you to this moment. Heavenly Father, I love you. I praise you. I thank you, God, that you're with us at all times. I thank you that, that you love us so much that you really won't leave us alone. God, that you continue to move in powerful ways through our life. I pray that we would all recognize that, that we would recognize that maybe you've been there all along with us. Father, everyone here is here for a reason. And I pray that we would not let that pass. Some of us need to come to the altar, whether just in our seat or maybe literally come down to the altar. I pray that your spirit would move in a powerful, powerful way now as we lift up our voices to you in Jesus' name. Amen.